Hello, hello. Welcome to Midnight MMA. I'm your host, Manny Galarza. Welcome to episode one. Yes, the very first episode of this show. We are live here on the East Coast. So midnight, East Coast time, midnight, which would be Monday morning. For those coming in live this evening, uh, we will have an active live chat. So if you're here talking and asking questions, we'll respond accordingly. Um, for those of you that are listening tomorrow morning, which would be the Monday morning commute or the Monday morning routine, um, we're going to give you the whole recap of last week in mixed martial arts, what happened, um, the highs and lows of UFC Vegas 67. The main event was kind of a bit of a, not a, not a shock, but Sean Strickland did his thing and Sean's a gritty guy, man. He just, you know, he get, he gets it done, right? We'll also look at the week ahead mixed martial arts, which will be including UFC uh, 283 down in Brazil, Invicta FC 51 coming up on Wednesday. And so we'll talk about uh, those events. We'll go over our betting recap of how we did uh, last week. If you're following us on our newsletter and or our Twitter handle or whatever else, you know, we ended up plus money. Not a big week, but we ended up winning a few bucks, which is always nice. Uh, if you check our description here on YouTube, this is live on YouTube. So for the guys listening on, or ladies and gentlemen listening on our podcast, obviously you're not seeing this on YouTube. But if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see in, in our description, we have all of our details there for our YouTube handle, Twitter handle, Instagram, all that stuff there. And our newsletter is absolutely free. So again, we'll be talking all things UFC Vegas 67. Some top stories, obviously, the whole Dana White contender series, not Dana White contender series, but Dana White, um, the smack heard around the world. We'll be talking about uh, the top stories, Ngannou, my gosh, Ngannou leaving uh, the UFC, and uh, that is a mega story when you think about it. I mean, he's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, names in mixed martial arts, and he's just like... You know, so that's uh, very interesting. So we'll go to the top stories um, and then we'll talk about um, what we call a segment called Tapology Heroes. <laughs> so if you haven't heard of it, Tapology Heroes is a segment where we're going to go over someone very unique in mixed martial arts, someone that has maybe achieved something that may not be glorious, but it deserves a bit of attention. So if, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> All right. So with that said, in about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by our first guest tonight. We have a few guests tonight and um, we'll go over each guest one at a time. Obviously, we'll have them in here for a few minutes. They're going to talk about what's going on in their respective sports or career. If you're in the live chat, you can drop a question or whatever else. And I'll try to do the best I can to ask, ask that question of the, the person joining us. Um. But we do have Roxanne Montefiore, uh coming in this evening, and Roxanne Montefiore will be our first guest. If you don't know her, look her up on Tapology. This this is definitely what I would refer to as an OG, uh, someone who has been around the game for a long time. They've, I think she was an Invicta fighter at one point. I believe so. I'm going to ask her when she comes through because uh, we have Invicta FC 51 coming up this week, and I. I want to promote that. I, I am a big Invicta fan. I think that's one of the maybe, I wouldn't say the best female promotion 
other than UFC, because Bellator is great too. Um, so it's one championship rising. But in terms of a feeder system, I mean, the names don't lie. You know, you've got so many fighters. Raquel Pennington, who just fought <clears throat> and won this past weekend. She's an Invicta alum. Uh, Megan Anderson, uh, Laura Sanko. So, yeah, uh, we'll talk Invicta FC 51. We'll go over that card a little bit. If, again, you're following our newsletter, that whole breakdown's already out and available. So, uh, you're here with us tonight. This is midnight Eastern time. And if you're wondering, why would we have a show at midnight on Sunday? What's the point of that time? Why the time slot? Well, number one, I'm a midnight owl. I like to stay up quite late myself. And for those who like to get a recap of the week that was, we figured, you know, let's do a show on Sundays and wrap up the entire week. We can go over our our betting results for the, those who follow us, you know, on the, on the newsletter or whatever else and get those results. And then even just in general, how it went down, you know, how the fights went down. And of course, talking top stories. So let's talk top stories around mixed martial arts. Number one, Jake Paul. Jake Paul, the PFL. I, I am so curious about how this thing unravels, right? Because at first, it looks amazing. He's, you know, coming into the fray as this like promoter and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, uh, I mean, a game changer, right? You know, and uh, and so he's come to the PFL promising to fight a mixed martial arts fight, maybe even a boxing bout. And uh, this will be interesting to see how it unfolds. But nonetheless, it is a spike in the like, you know, viewership and and how people see mixed martial arts. And I would have to imagine that uh, it's positive. I mean, how would it be negative? Um, so, you know, for those coming through again tonight, if you're in the live chat, you're welcome to comment and um give any questions about any topics we talk about um for those on the way to, to work in the morning hello welcome good morning grab your coffee i have my coffee because i'll be up until roughly you know, 1 30 in the morning but you know what we, we are being summoned here by by the one and only so let me let me bring her in hello roxanne hello good morning good evening yeah. Yes, it's it's one of those two, right? It's either good morning or good evening. But for you, it's not too bad, right? It's what, 9, yes. 9.07? Yes, sir. Okay. Is my okay. lighting okay? It's kind of dark in my room. Oh, no, it's it's wonderful. Okay, great. It is, it is. And so uh, I have to get right into it. Your 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 friend is fighting. De Jesus. Yes. So I'm all, I'm all things Invicta. Can you just like, you know, give me some type of... Uh, update on you know what's going on with her without, without giving up her strategy of course but just what's going on with her serena the southpaw de jesus the southpaw outlaw excuse me i always mess up her name it's so long <laughs> serena the southpaw outlaw de jesus she's amazing she has been training really hard for this match she's really excited to show off her skills she's training at extreme extreme couture now and um, well, Extreme Couture and Legends MMA, the new-ish gym of her coach, Marvin Eastman. Okay. She's been happy, and it's going to be a very exciting matchup. She's 
always fought tough people, especially recently, you know, um, UFC vets and really hopes to get a finish for this next fight. It's hard to finish people. You know, everyone wants a finish of the fight, right? But yeah, we'll see. I think she's the best she's ever been and super strong, super lean, like the super lean Reen. <laughs> and she's so passionate because, I mean, I mean, some fighters have their own way of expressing themselves, right? So I would say you're more uh, even keel. You're more like, you know, <laughs> and I would say she's more like boombastic. Is that safe? <laughs> yes, exactly. I haven't heard that word for a while. Yeah. So she's she's she wears her emotions on her sleeve. I think it 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 helps her in the octagon because it sort of summons the best of her. And in her last fight, and if I'm incorrect on this, you can correct me. I felt like her her pace and pressure, her volume, that was the path to victory for her. That's why she ends up winning the fight, right? I agree. Yeah, it was awesome. A lot of pressure, a lot of combinations. Yeah, she looked good. So Invicta FC is coming up this Wednesday. Do you watch Invicta sometimes on your free time or is it outside your scope of things to do? Because I know you're very busy. I'm usually working, meaning teaching classes at that time. So half the time I, I'm on my way home from tr- teaching or in the middle of it. So maybe I'll like put it on my phone and put it on the seat next to me. And then when Serena comes on, I'll pull over in a parking lot and watch it. <laughs> Like that's what happened in the last time I just got done teaching and I was like listening and then, okay, Serena's up. So I pulled over and watched, but yeah, now, I keep up. How, how close are you to her? Like her, I would say like her, her bubble of advisors or training uh, mentors in terms of what she's doing, like Monday through Friday. Are you involved with any of that? I used to be, you know, we're best friends and we trained together at the same gym, but we have since, you know, I'm, I'm not training MMA anymore, so I have a hard time seeing her a lot in daily life. It kind of sucks, honestly, but I try to see her at least once a week on the weekends. We do jujitsu together uh, now and then. I'm trying to help her work towards her next belt. You know, I'm really focusing on jujitsu. So I think she's crafted, not, not I think, I know that she's crafted her own schedule and now she's, she's uh, not so much under my <laughs> advice, but she doesn't need it anymore. She's growing her wings. She's... Oh yeah, the full spread, full spread, you know, eagle and hawk, you know, hawk. That's so cool. That's so cool. Now for you, are are you going to be doing any grappling competitive stuff in the near future? I'm trying, well, I was, and I guess still am trying to uh, get invitations to do paid bouts, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of gi lately, so I kind of want to f- go into a, a gi match. I'm thinking about Naga coming up okay. in Vegas in February. So yeah, it's I'm not I'm in a really weird stage right now where I don't I'm not I feel like I'm not allowed to prioritize training anymore since that's not my main source of income. But on the other hand, it is because I'm still teaching jujitsu. I still want to do seminars. If anyone wants to bring me in for a seminar, please hit me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, so I forgot the question. I just started reading this comment. The fans comment. No, no, it's it's okay. No. I, oh I, yes, I want to compete. I would still like to do jujitsu matches. Well, you know, and I imagine. I mean, for lack of, you know, I'm not trying to overstate it, but like as you as you age and get older, you know, not worrying about like you know brain trauma. It, it's more of a you know, it's a physical toll. It's a mental toll, and you're working on the mat. It's something you could do for a while. You know, that's that's sort of the idea, right? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so that question down there from Armchair MMA, most fans or well, just 
I guess not maybe a question, but a statement. Most fans will remember you from your Macy Barber fight. What was your most memorable fight and why? I mean, your whole career now. It's, it's, you had a very lengthy. What, like, how many bouts did you fight in total? Uh, 50. <laughs> okay. So you have a large uh, sample size to choose from, Roxanne. <laughs> I do remember moments in fights as opposed to like having the most memorable fight. But I would say that the actual fight against Nico Montano was very memorable to me because I remember a lot of bits and pieces throughout those five rounds. However, the buildup and then aftermath of the Macy Barber fight was the most memorable buildup and aftermath of the fight because I got to do me a lot of media because yeah. she was famous, not because I was famous. <laughs> she was like the little superstar coming up, right? So I got to be invited and I I brought my friend who was visiting in. We said she was my uh, my coach you know, so I got her in there and um, we got to, she got to be with me on media day and they asked me a bunch of questions and I was like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to enjoy this uh, starhood stardom. Cause thanks to her, I guess. And then afterwards, everyone was so shocked that I beat her that um, everyone was so, I got like a hundred different text messages thanking me for winning the money. <laughs> <laughs> now, so. speaking of stardom, how does the, UFC Hall of Fame nomination system work? Because I imagine it's something that should be within the cards for you in the near future. No, no way. Like, they don't are care you, about me. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I was never the champion. Like, I just fought a lot and I was only in their organization for three years. So I'm my own Hall of Famer. That's all, that's all that matters. And the fans, I'm in their, their hearts. So that well, makes me happy. Is there a way to like... They just just, I'm sure they just decide and then say it's official. <laughs> we, should, we should try to start some kind of like side fan club for that. Because, I mean, you're... I guess to put it in perspective, it's not just how many bouts you fought, but the time period that you were there. And I think all those initial pioneers, and you're one of those pioneers, like through Invicta and, you know, uh, into the UFC, I feel like, you know, you were an important factor. That That's how I put it. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I want to uh, not keep you too much longer because it is getting very late for you as well. But before I let you go, um, what are you doing? What do you want to promote? If you can just uh, give us the you know, bullet points of anything you've published recently. I know you've been doing some stuff. You've been authoring some stuff. You, you've been coaching some stuff. And I know that you're available for everything from public speaking to, I mean, let me just say this. If you're if you're like a wrestling coach in, in Oregon, for example, and you want to bring in someone to talk to your wrestling program, I know she's a female and mixed martial arts fighter, but she's got a lot to offer. And I know you're kind of available for a lot of different things going on. And you're also in a bit of a transition. So please promote yourself. What's going on with you? This is Roxanne Modafferi, the one and only Roxanne, the happy warrior Modafferi. Go ahead. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I'm trying to promote what I have to offer. I really want to inspire people. Um, I want to, you know, inspire youth. I love teaching kids. I have this book, How to Be Positive. I think this is my best selling book. It has 10 different techniques that I use to help myself think more positively. For example, chapter three, be grateful. And I explain what that means to me. And then I give some examples of things that might make you upset. And then you have to fill in like the workbook about how you would mentally do gymnastics to make yourself feel like, Oh, I really should be grateful about this. Like car accident. Well, I'm, I'm grateful. I didn't die. And my, you know, I only have to replace my tire, you know, something like that. So this is really good. And I just published uh, this book memoirs of a happy warrior two, 
uh, this side too. <laughs> and, and where um, and where can where can we buy these books? By the way, I have a PayPal system set up on my website, RoxanneModafferi.net, for this one. But PayPal is trying to tax us now, so I'm trying to <laughs> not use that. So I've just been accepting like Zelle and Venmo with vague. I, I would even say if you're just if you're on Instagram, uh, look up Roxanne Montefiore. She's readily available. Uh, I think we have your. We do. We should have your link. Yeah, down I'll, here. I'll mail. Basically, I ma I mail it to you. You send me the money. I sign it, put a little heart, and mail it to you. So, if you're interested, it talks about my life and the UFC and in Japan and stuff. So, I'm just trying to promote my books and jujitsu and my. I should I should have bought it before. So, I shame on me. I will purchase both books uh, within the next 24 hours. So, I will oh, I will you. be in touch. No, you're welcome. I you know I have kids myself and. Uh, uh, I think you you exude a lot of the, you know, positive things of mixed martial arts. That some people see it as like this, you know, cage war and you know just blood and you know you're you're a classy fighter, a classy person. You you exude the positive things, and the kids need to hear that. I think it's a good message. So thank you. Well, Roxanne, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you're the very first guest on this show, Midnight Mix or MMA mm -hmm. at, at midnight, and. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, I'll be in touch and we'll be rooting for your, your friend on Wednesday. Yes. Tune in Wednesday Invicta. It'll be a good card. Yes. The yes. women bring the heat. Ugh. They do. I love Invicta FC. It's awesome. So I love them too. All right. Thank you, Roxanne. Thank you. I'll see you. Take care. Bye. Well, there we go. That was Roxanne Montefiore, uh, the one and only Roxanne Montefiore. It's amazing when I asked her about the idea of being uh, a UFC Hall of Famer that she was, um, I guess, hesitant on the idea that she would be nominated. She mentioned, I guess, it's sort of like just trying to decide who's in there. But I feel like that that first generation of um, you know female fighters, man, they're just they're just legends, and uh, I think she's one of them. Uh, that just my opinion i guess but thank you so much roxanne monteferry it was great having her what i will do is post show so if you're listening in the morning um look in the description here on your podcast video or go to our youtube channel and i will post those different links there for how you can buy those two different books and i'm gonna i'm gonna buy both books because again roxanne monteferry is not only a former UFC fighter and, and a legend and former Invicta fighter and whatever else and fought some you know good fighters and beat Macy Barber on and on. She is just a quality person, quality H2O, as they say. We'll also be joined later on by Ray Cooper III. Ray Cooper III, as in Ray Cooper III, who won the million-dollar prize twice in PFL. He'll be joining us in about 30 minutes, and then we have Sadikrius Dumas, Sadikrius, no, I'm kind of rolling the tongue there. Sadikrius Dumas, excuse me, be joining us um, at about 115 or so. He's the recent winner on Dana White Contender Series and also now has an upcoming fight in March. He'll talk about that fight, his first fight in the UFC, his UFC debut. So, all right, let's talk about UFC Vegas. 67. Let's go over it. Uh, let's talk about the results, how it went, how you did, 
if you're a gambler, um, I'm going to go over how it affected you, put it that way, because I know how it affected me. And uh, if you're following us again on our newsletter or on Twitter or our video breakdowns, you know, we ended up with a positive night, got close to being like a super duper positive night. But nonetheless, whenever you're positive, it's, it's just fun to play. It's not a way to make a living. It's just a way to have some fun and have some more what they call skin in the game. And so uh, armchair, armchair is jumping in here. I want to say hello to you, armchair. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate your questions as well. Um, yeah, she mentioned the barber fight, and she also talked about how uh, Roxanne, that is, she talked about how it was like a nice, you know, promo moment for her. You know, uh, your other question was, what do you think a lot of younger fighters miss or overlook early in their development that you wish you had focused on more early in your career? So. I have interviewed now Roxanne multiple times, and I can tell you that she comes from a very humble beginning. Not that she was like poor, nothing like that. I'm just saying, you know, she she wasn't like from a rich family. She trained her ass off, and she came from middle ca- middle class type of family. And you know, uh, she was a bit of a, a a student, and maybe being made even fun of and bullied in high school and middle school and stuff, and. And then she talked about moving to a high school at some point later on in her teenage years where she felt a lot more welcome. And so I, I think Roxanne out of Ferry is like the story of a lot of young people who maybe don't feel like they're in the same lane or they feel like they're unique or, or I, dare I say out of place at times, but, you know, through her mix, through her martial arts and through her, her mother, who's big driving force in her life, uh, she found her way and still has found her way. And I, you know, I mean, she, if she's not a hall of famer in the UFC, she's a hall of famer in life. And, uh, yeah, Roxanne Mata very special, but yeah, I don't want to answer for her, but I would say, I'm sure I've, I've gotten to know her a little bit and you know, that would be how I would, I would assess that armchair again. I wouldn't call her a UFC hall of famer. Okay. But she certainly is a pioneer in women's MMA. I personally think women's MMA is a little early development to have a true hall of famer. Absolutely well said, arm, armchair. That is that's the way exactly I would put it. I don't think that she is a Hall of Famer in the context of like when you look at you know belts and like Amanda Nunes, Hall of Famer, right? Um, Shevchenko, Hall of Famer. Um, but I think it's more in the context of the history of the sport. So like people like Ronda Rousey, who once she had she had exposed to more competition, you know, it all unraveled. But still is a Hall of Famer because she's like the first ever female UFC champion and, and sort of, you know, sort of has that. Um, um, Armchair also says, I just ma- mismanaged my bets and put three units on Ribeiro, LOL, <laughs> overall loss, four units. You know, the Ribeiro, the Ribeiro spot was not a bad spot. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But Armchair, just give me a second. Let me get back to this breakdown of UFC Vegas 67. And if you, if you were betting the favorites, I'll tell you that. If you were betting the favorites, you you did pretty well. If you were like parlaying the favorites, you know that type of thing, um, you also did very well. You know because the favorites just you know they hit. Uh, Bosch, all those guys to hit. First fight, Johnson versus Flick. I want to just few highlights of this fight here. Number one, Flick's coming back from this like, you know, year layoff or two-year layoff and had an abrupt retirement. If you don't know, his his family has some substance abuse problems. 
And so he decided to, you know, drop his mixed martial arts career to focus on that and help his family out. We talked about in our breakdown pre-fight and ultimately he ends up with his father coming out with him and walking to the cage with him. And I thought, wow, what an emotional thing. It's his first time his dad's, you know, there for an event basically. And his dad's in the corner. I'm thinking this might be the gusto for him to, you know, win this fight, the extra motivation, right? No, um, we were on Johnson pre-fight. And what ends up happening is Johnson just flatlines him. And it makes sense. You know, Johnson is, is a legit fighter. He's you know, former LFA champion. And for Flick, his one path to victory was getting a submission. And we end up coming up short because ultimately on the feet, Johnson was much faster, much quicker. He tagged him up. And you could see just how much more athletic the Johnson was. Now, now, does Flick have a future in the mixed martial arts world for UFC at this level? Maybe. But on the feet versus a guy like Johnson, it's going to be an L every time. And for Johnson, nice bounce back win, positive win for him. For those who decide to put Johnson in parlays, there was no nervous moments, nice positive victory. We did sprinkle Flick uh, by submission. If you, if you, you know, you got, you got to play the game, right? Flick by submission was like plus, uh, like 400 or something like that, but we sprinkled it and, uh, or plus 500, I think. Nonetheless, Johnson wins a fight. The guys who parlay that, great move, way to go. Smart, smart stuff. So next fight, Argueta versus Aguirre. Argueta puts on a wrestling um, symposium. Okay, he goes out there and just out-wrestles Aguirre for all three rounds. Now, what's interesting to me is pre-fight, you heard some chatter about Aguirre being a pretty good fighter. He fights with a, not fights, but he trains with a good group of guys and comes from a good gym. And there was a lot of talk about it. I felt like the physique was so hard to get over, right? He came off as like a very, like a swimmer physique, like someone who doesn't do a lot of the, you know, bench pressing and whatnot. Just a very like, Nate Diaz, right? So Nate Diaz is, is a little bit um, misleading, right? He looks more like a leaner guy, but he's got some skills. That's how kind of Aguirre looked, like kind of a leaner guy. As our, whereas Agueda is like all meaty, like, you know, just a warthog, you know, wrestler. And Agueda just put it on him. All three rounds, not super exciting, but gets an easy win by decision. If you parlayed Agueda once again, no sweat. Next fight, Nascimento versus Hernandez. So Nascimento earns the win, okay, by submission with like little to no resistance from Hernandez. Now, we like Nascimento pre-fight. He was also a pretty sizable favorite. If you parlayed him, once again, you were just like, this is great. No stress. Easy win, right? It was a great win for him. Pretty solid overall. Now, from a betting perspective, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go over our sort of our our full fight uh, bet results at the end here after I'm done going over the individual fight uh, results. Um, give me one second here. I have to pull it up just to make sure I have it available. So for you guys on the way to work Monday morning, this is a recap of UFC Vegas 67. For those joining us this evening, uh, we are talking UFC Vegas 67, just a recap of the results of each fight and also our betting results so if you're following us on twitter instagram our newsletter or youtube channel then this will be just sort of a recap of how we did okay next fight rebeski the polish fighter versus fiore so kind of like the uh Arguetta fight rebeski put on a clinic 
just went out there and out wrestled Fury for three full rounds. The only surprise here was that the fight went the full distance. I think more or less everyone thought that at some point we see a finish. Fury had a high finish rate. Rebeski, you thought maybe he would ground and pound this guy. So for Fiore, it's not the worst loss. He makes his UFC debut, goes a distance against a guy who's very well known for finishing people. So from that perspective, I think, you know, Rebeski gets a, a bit of a positive uh, moral victory, right? Moral victory. Next fight, Al-Hassan versus Ribeiro. Now, we had picked Al-Hassan pre-fight. We liked him. We thought the, you know, the, the veteran experience would be a factor. He ends up finishing Ribeiro. But I do want to say this. We thought it would be Al-Hassan round one. It ends up being round two. Ribeiro's not that bad. If he can just tighten things up, you know, reel it in, not be so wild and, you know, loose with his punches, he has a future. Another thing is for him, it's it's the cardio. For Al-Hassan, nice bounce back win. You know, pre-fight, he was sitting at, uh, let's look it up here. He was sitting at Al-Hassan. Where was he priced at? Al-Hassan was lined at, I mean, my goodness, almost damn near a pick'em, which is wild when you think about it. Uh, I think Al-Hassan was the much better fighter. People looked at the age and said 37, Ribeiro, new fighter. But, you know, Ribeiro, he gets loose and wild with his punches. He ends up, uh, excuse me. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I was just sneezing there for those not seeing this on YouTube, but listening on the podcast. <laughs> My apologies. Nonetheless, yeah, so we had that as a pick in the price, but uh, Abdul Al-Hassan looked much better than uh, Ribeiro and uh, got the win. So let's move on here. Moving on down the line, we have um, next fight was Bashrat versus Mendonca. Mendonca, Mendoza, Mendonca. I mean, who the hell knows at this point? I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. And it goes to decision. From that perspective, it's not a bad fight for Mendonca. Um, you know, he goes to decision. His first fight in the UFC, you know, goes to distance against a guy who's pretty good. For Bashrat, he did everything pretty much but finish the fight. He landed a bunch of nice punches, looked crisp, looked clean. If you bet on him, meaning that if you either bet straight up, which would be kind of crazy at that money line, or if you probably on him, awesome. If you had him by decision, great bet. We picked him by decision. We didn't bet him by decision, but we picked him by decision, and so he ends up being by decision, and it works out. But nonetheless, Boshrat went in the fight, looks good. If you had him in a parlay, it works out for you. Next fight. New Magomedov. The cousin of Khabib Nurmagomedov against Barcelos. And let me tell you this. If you were someone this week who was opening the door to the idea that Barcelos could win the fight, the wrestling background, Brazilian national champion, you know, just jiu-jitsu from Brazil, all that stuff. If you were someone who's subscribing to that concept or that idea, I'm with you. I was actually, I had a foot in that canoe. Okay. And then Nurmagomedov knocks him out with a short left punch that I don't want to say was lucky. It just was a bit fortunate. Barcelos had never been knocked out before, mind you. He gets knocked out by a short left. 
And for Nurmagomedov, his stock goes down to the roof. Now, we talked pre-fight. He was minus 500 when he opened. And if you look back at it, that's a bit of a, a, a discount considering that he ends up closing at minus 1,000. But if you look at his last, let's say, four fights, last five fights, he's been a minus 1,000 favorite in his last three fights. And look at the result. Was that a minus 1,000 favorite effort? Yeah, bad man. Bad, bad man. And, and for and for Barcelos, I'm not even questioning the dude. Good fighter. Never been knocked out before. Got stone cold, like was on his back. Out. Cold. So for Nurmagomedov, excuse me. For Nurmagomedov, I mean, wow. Serious W. Looked amazing. And his stock is on the rise. On the rise. We're talking UFC Vegas 67. Just a recap. We'll be joined in a few minutes by our next guest. We'll be talking some top stories tonight. Looking forward to the week ahead in mixed martial arts. And also talking about the week that was. Some comments here to catch up on. Good to see you here, man. I was looking forward to seeing you for this New Year's Rising event. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Hype 3 MMA. It's good to have you here. While you're here, keep your comments flowing the best I can to respond to whatever I can respond to. We have a few guests joining us. We had Roxanne Montefiore on a little bit earlier, Hype, so if you didn't catch that part of it, you can, you know, rewind or watch it after we're done. Uh, yeah, Roxy is an OG armchair. Just a nice, just good person. I mean, just, yeah, just quality H2O, right? All right, so Nurmagomedov rolls in the in that fight there, and as a minus five hundred favorite, that wasn't a bad parlay. Minus one thousand makes no sense, but still wins the fight. Uh, if you had him by KO in round one, I guess that made sense. But man, I didn't see that coming. I thought maybe submission, but not a KO. Next fight, Soriano versus Kopilov. Uh, We were on Kopilov pre-fight by decision. So when Kopilov wins the fight by KO, my initial thought was like, "Damn!" And then like, "Damn." You know, we had Soriano by KO and Kapilov by decision. Those were the two bets we were placing. So and the fight knock with the distance, that maybe had been into one parlay. But nonetheless, we end up seeing that the, the actual fight outcome goes to the person we picked to win. But not going to lie, didn't see it coming. Kapilov just nails Soriano with like a few body shots, like kicks, punches to the body. And Soriano just ends up crunching together and, yeah, does not go well ends up losing the fight and for Soriano just not a really good effort I mean Kapilov looks great and Kapilov maybe has underrated power we liked him to win the fight but not that method so I ain't gonna lie we were surprised next fight Dan Egan versus, versus Damon Jackson this fight ends up probably being the biggest bargain on the card that most people couldn't see outright we like Dan Egan to win we were questioning Jackson's chin we had our whole breakdown video where we showed a clip of Jackson getting knocked out by uh, Kobolayev back in PFL. And lo and behold, what ends up happening, my man Damon Jackson gets knocked out. Now, I will say this. Jackson was was pretty crafty for about two-ish of the rounds. And then what ends up happening, he gets clipped. He gets caught. And for Ige, good win. 
but because I kind of see this fight coming. My only regret with this fight is we didn't unload more and put more behind the actual bet. We liked Ige, but we should have been more aggressive about it. Ige wins the fight. He was like a minus 125 favorite in the main line. So a really good value there. Next fight and last fight in the car was Strickland versus Imamov. Imamov, excuse me. The only fight we got wrong on the car was this fight. We had Imamov to, to win. He was the only one that we had picked incorrectly. We had a parlay with every fight in the card. And we were at that point where we could have cashed out. And I was like, no, let it ride. We're at that last last fight, you know, last leg of the parlay, right? It was something like 15 bucks to make $1,000. Like, great parlay, right? And Imamov drops the ball. That's how I would describe this. I think Strickland did all the right things, pressure, pace. He landed the better, more cleaner punches. I mean, did a little damage at some point. I thought Imovov had like maybe a, a small cut or just a little bit of bleeding. And just, you know, just sort of stole the performance. And for the people that bet on Strickland, very well done. Very well done. I, I probably should have not underestimated this redneck. <laughs> he's not a redneck, but he he's something, man. If you don't know his background, look it up. He like he grew up with a very unstable household. His dad was a abusive alcoholic. He ended up becoming into like, you know, that Nazi kind of shit. And then he ended up, you know, coming out of that because he met some people that were minorities who helped him out and, you know, so on and so on. He got a story to tell. I was worried about the pre-fight stuff. I thought his pre-fight, you know, the way that he kind of came off was very similar to how he came off against Pereira. And he talked a lot of shit and I'm getting knocked out. So I was worried about that. But that's your recap of UFC Vegas 67. Now, from a betting perspective, the recap for us was individual bets. We had a half a unit on Imovov to win. We lost that bet. We had one unit on Ige to win. We won that bet at minus 125, so just about paying it almost even money. Raquel Pennington, we had her at plus 100 to win. Only a quarter unit. Pretty should have put more there, too. So for our individual bets, we ended up with plus 0.70. For our parlays, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven parlays. We ended up going plus 2.31 units. Now, to see the parlays, the individual plays, what we have, look down below here on YouTube. In our description, you're going to see the link there for our newsletter. All that stuff is there available. All our picks every single week for every single event you can imagine, from UFC to Bellator to Invicta, uh, PFL, and so on and so on. But all these parlays I'm talking about are available in our newsletter. Sign up for that. It's down below in our YouTube link. Or, I'm sorry, YouTube description, excuse me. And so uh, moving down. So parlays, we ended up going plus 2.31. For our prop bets, we ended up going negative 0.95 units. We did terrible there. Like we had Puna Holly Soriano by Ramon KO. No. Carlos Hernandez by submission. No. Flick by submission. No. Fiore by submission. No. Roman Kopilov by decision, no. And Raquel Pennington by KO, no. Those are all long shots. So we ended up going negative 0.095. So not even just one unit, but still almost 100 bucks there out the window. We had action to the split decisions. So for split decision props, we ended up winning on the Raquel Pennington by split decision, which was plus 700. We had 0.15 units there. And so overall for our six split decision props, we ended up going plus 0.7 zero units the submission special if you followed us again our newsletter the submission special was like a submission i guess parlay where you had like you know not submitted by submission <clears throat> excuse me flick by submission jackson by submission fury by submission we lost nine dollars there 
Just $9. It's okay. With a chance to win about $150,000. We'll give you a special every week. It's like a bit gnarly, like high odds, but you know, fuck it. 10 bucks, nine bucks, right? For our solid parlay pieces, we had Flick versus Johnson, no distance at minus 280. That ended up cashing. Fioria versus Rebeski, under minus two and a half rounds. That did not cash because went the distance, right? Minus 550, Al Hassan versus Ribeiro, under two and a half rounds. That ended up cashing because the fight ended in round two. Pennington versus Rier, the fight starting round three at minus 500. That ended up cashing. Strickland versus Imovov, the fight starting round two at minus 550. That cashed. Barcelos versus Nurmagomedov. The fight going over a round and a half did not cash at minus 500 because Nurmagomedov starts to. And so the cumul- cumulative or end or total grand total result for our plays this week, if you were tailing us and you played everything we played, was plus 2.68 units for us one unit is 100 bucks so we ended up being 268 dollars up 268 dollars positive this week not a big bump but a nice way to start the new year for the first ufc card so that was ufc vegas 67 in a nutshell how did you guys do did you guys end up on top Plus money. I'll tell you what. Every card is a. Uh, it's a landmine. You know, you got like sort of just try to do the best you can to avoid uh, the bombs. Right. I want to take a moment here to thank a few partners, uh, people that are uh, critical, helpful, organized effort to promote um, positive things in the world of uh, Twitter, online MMA stuff, content creators, people that uh, I respect, that do a good job, and uh, also are, again, very supportive of other people's content. And so, you know, first up, Blood Money. Blood Money MMA, if you're not following him, great follow. The guy has a, a Twitter handle, um, has some really good stuff, and his link is down below in the description. You can see his stuff, um, YouTube channel, the whole nine, and just, um, you know, real quality, good content, and a really sharp capper. Um, the guy is uh, good stuff. So that's Blood Money, at Blood Money MMA Bets 4851 on YouTube. His link's down below. Uh, great dude. Real sharp. Um, he's not here tonight with us on this you know, live uh, show because I believe he's like a midnight slash not midnight shift. Um, hardworking dude, but uh, sharp guy. His name is Cody. Look him up. Check him out. He does a show with Johnny K. Picks, we'll talk about in a second. But uh, we'll be joined here in a few moments by uh, the one and only Ray Cooper. I believe he's he's fixing to get his uh, his stuff in order. We'll add him to the uh, to the show. Another broadcast partner, Johnny K Picks, also on YouTube at Johnny J O H N N Y K Picks. That's P I C K S. Sharp dude. 
sharp handicapper. I'm going to uh, add my man to the show here. So coming to the show, let's uh, let's add a. Uh... Hello, Mr. Cooper. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good, good. So you are in Hawaii currently, correct? Yes, I am. All right, so it's only what, like uh, seven? Uh, seven something, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. awesome. Um, so I have a few questions for you. A lot's going on with the PFL. There's been some big changes. You've got the the announcement of of um, uh, the uh, the the YouTube fighter, Jake Paul, joining mm-hmm. the organization. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I don't know. He's just a YouTube fighter at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I really don't get. I don't have much much to say about that. Um, I mean, it's good for the it's good for the um, popularity of it. He brings a lot of followers, but um, MMA wise, uh, he's not at the caliber as any of um, the guys in the PFL is at. So um, yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. That kind of caught me off guard. Do you think oh. that you would end up fighting on one of those pay-per-view cards? No. Or how would that work? Have you heard anything about this? Uh, I haven't heard anything about this. But um yeah, he's probably gonna be at a super fight, like fighting pay-per-view events and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Now, have you heard about your next fight in the PFL? Do you have any idea for a date, time? Oh, uh, not really. We're still working on some stuff, so uh, we're not too sure right now what what's happening. So yeah. We'll are you see. gonna yeah. are you gonna be with the PFL this year or are you still maybe possibly looking at some other stuff? Uh yeah, we're still looking around, but I'm still with the PFL for now for now. But yeah, we're just working on my contract. Okay, okay. Now you're back home in Hawaii. Um you train in Hawaii, where do you train at? What kind of gym are you at? Who are your training partners? Uh, just my brothers and my training partners. I train out of my garage at my house. Oh, really? So you keep it pretty simple. Yeah, I don't train in all big gyms. I don't. Okay, okay. Now you've won the PFL title twice, right? So you've won this million dollar prize twice. What was the What was the first big thing that you purchased when you first won the first million dollar prize? The first, like the most expensive first thing you bought. No, I don't know. <laughs> you can't remember? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really buy fancy kind of stuff. I probably just probably buy my own, my wife's them a car. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, yeah. So now I'm not flamboyant. I'm not flamboyant like that. Well, that's good. That's good. You you know, save your money. That's that's important. Um, now for for your your home, you you have you have a few kids, right? You you and your wife have kids. Do you imagine your kids will be wrestling? Is that a sport you're going to be introducing them to to, to do? Um, yeah, they're going to wrestle. Um, and my kids like to ride their bike, so we're, we're probably going to do that and stuff like that. <laughs> very cool, very cool. All right, well, listen, it's good having you on the show, Ray. I appreciate your time. You know, I, I, you're a very accomplished athlete. I, I hope to see you back in the playoffs again this year. I know last year was kind of a it was just tough, right? It was the weight cut, correct? The weight cut prevented you from qualifying, in essence, right? Yeah, so 
yeah, that's another thing. Uh, we're working out to be for. Um, I gotta move up in weight, and I cannot be fighting it. Oh, seven anymore. Just taking the toll. Okay, my body a little bit too much. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Well, listen, I, I think you have obviously the tools. You have the background. I hope you get a chance to make the playoffs again this year. Have a chance to win the million dollar prize again because you're a good fighter, and uh, we appreciate your time, buddy. Yeah, thank you, man. For sure. Hopefully. Well, keep working hard, Ray Cooper. We'll we'll be in touch with you, buddy. Okay, pal? Yep, guarantee. All right. Thank you, Ray. All right. Hello. All right, buddy. Peace. Well, that was Ray Cooper. Ray Cooper the third. So two time winner of the PFL uh title and two time uh PFL million dollar winner, which is pretty dope. I Humble guy, man. I'll tell you what, you know, I've reached out to him in the past. We've exchanged just some messages. And as you can hear in the interview, like just, you know, just a very humble dude. Like you would never know this guy is like, a, like in essence, like a, a, a multi-millionaire, right? Literally a multi-millionaire. Um, but as you can hear from him, just like a very calm, cool dude. And uh, so, yeah, he's going to move up in weight, I guess, now this year for the PFL and uh, make a run at a higher weight class because I believe, I guess, last year, the recap on that was he had missed weight for a fight. And so when you miss weight in the PFL for a fight in the regular season, you cannot earn points for that fight. And um, even though I think he may have won the fight, whatever, he could earn no points. And so that kind of put him behind the eight ball. Um, so little seal, what's up? What's up, little seal? We'll be joined a little bit later on by Sadikrius. Oh my gosh, I keep saying it wrong. Sadikrius, Sadikrius. As Dumas, Mr. Dumas from the uh, in in uh, contender series, he'll be joining us tonight. Uh, we'll have him later on. But uh, let's talk about the week that was, the week that was in mixed martial arts. What happened this week? The top stories, and my goodness, let me tell you something. It's getting to a point now with mixed martial arts where it's uh, it's juicy. That's the best way to put it. Like it's juicy. You know, we're we're getting good stuff like every single week we're getting you know new stuff top stories you know we're getting the drama and so this past week what do we have over i mean we've had some stuff right Uh, things happen. And, and I've been married for, for 16, 17 years. You go through stuff. I get it. But what's wrong is wrong. And, you know, usually you, you pay some kind of penalty for your actions. In this case, uh, it's a very unique situation. But I wanted to just skip my two cents and say this. I thought, it, I thought the first initial reaction from Dana is more like when you shoo a fly away from your face, like, oh, you know, like you just react. It was the second smack and then the follow up. Like, you know, he was going in. Not probably was the alcohol, you know, but as they would say, like, I'm like, so, you know, you got a lot of explaining to do, Lucy. Lucy, you got a lot of explaining to do. It was um, not a good look. I don't know the best way to handle it, but that was one of the lead stories this past week in the UFC was, you know, how do, how does Dana, UFC cover now on the fighters' domestic 
positions for me that are similar because he kind of came off as dismissive about actually serving a penalty, you know? Like, 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 for example, let's say you're the heavyweight champion or, like, whatever champion in UFC and you have a belt and you smack your wife and it's caught on camera and people are like, he should, you know, be fired or, or cut. And the, the fighter's having press conferences saying, uh, no, it's not good for the for the organization for me not to be champion. It's not good for the promotion. It's not good for the business if I'm not champion. So I, I, I'm already dealing with it personally. Francis Ngannou is now no longer in the UFC. It's just hard to even say it. I'm not going to speculate on what may have happened. I'm going to just give you the tidbits on what we've been told. Dana said that they offered him the, big, the biggest contract in heavyweight history, which is contract ever for a heavyweight. He turned it down. And ultimately, there was no agreement reached. And now Francis is a free agent. Entirely a free agent can do it. It's awkward in the fact that he is the current or was the current champion. It wasn't like he left and was like having a negotiation with the top five contender. He was like, I'm out. I'm out. So Nagano now is outside the roster, gone, goodbye, no longer on the on the roster, and just opens up a whole can of worms. And now here comes John Jones, going to be fighting gone in March for the vacant title. John Jones signs an eight-fight deal, an eight-fight deal. And it's ironic, he had a domestic issue. <laughs> it's like it's all gone. We're all good. March 4th, Gunn versus John Jones. I'm looking forward to that fight, though. Should be pretty amazing. Khabib Nurmagomedov stepping away. So Khabib is stepping away this time from the coaching. There's been rumors that possibly something went on in his own personal life that triggered this to... I mean, just wild accusations. But what the statement is, is that he wants to spend time with his family. The traveling is tough. If they if people want to train with him, if his, if his pupils want to train underneath him, they can come back to Dagestan and train with him. But no more traveling, no more of this stuff. And he will not be cornering Islam Makachev at the upcoming title defense against Volkanovski. That was part of the announcement. So Khabib is stepping away in another way. Now, will also he stop being involved with e Eagle FC, that's EFC or Eagle FC promotion that he's sort of like invested in. But I don't know, that promotion's got its, <clears throat> but they don't have any female fighters because like, you know, he's Muslim and whatever. Nonetheless, Khabib is stepping away again. Kamar Usman versus Leon Edwards is booked for UFC 286, the rematch. That'll be exciting later this year. We talked earlier about Jake Paul promoting the PFL. How does it impact Kayla Harrison? I, I, I really wonder. Kayla lost the fight against um, the Brazilian fighter, Pachera, whatever. Names are not ringing. Names are my bell. I forgot her name. But lost the fight against her. She was the cash cow. She was the main thing in the PFL for a few years. And I kind of wonder now, like, how does she, did she just fall in the totem pole now? You got Jake Paul as the main, you know, sort of person now in the building making the calls. Um, 
who can Jake Paul recruit? Can he recruit some fighters from, from the UFC that are former fighters or whatever else? I mean, he's recruited fighters to fight him in boxing. Could we see, like, for example, Woodley? Like, would Woodley come back and fight mixed martial arts in the PFL because Jake Paul's like, listen, dude, come out in here and, you know, do some of this action. I don't know. A lot of questions there. A lot of questions. So, all right. So the past week in mixed martial arts, we had LFA 150. We had Vegas uh, 67. We had one prime video, which one prime video, I used to follow that a little more closely, but it's so hard to get into it because some fights are like Muay Thai and some are kickboxing. And like this fight card was like nine fights. Only three of them were mixed martial arts. And I was like, ah, oh, it kind of threw me off, you know. But one prime was on um, Amazon Prime. And then boxing was Ajagba versus Shaw. Ajagba versus Shaw. And that was on, what was that, Friday night? Upstate New York. Little town called Verona. I looked it up. So Verona, New York has a population of 1,544 people. And that is where the boxing match was held in Verona, New York. Wow. Small pickings. Hey, you do what you got to do, man. Ajagaba won the fight. At the bottom of the hours, about 120-ish, 125 or so, we'll be joined by Sadikrius Dumas, the recent winner on Contender Series. And uh, he'll talk to us about his upcoming fight in March. Between now and then, I do want to talk about some of the funniest things that we've recognized <laughs> in the sports weekend. And believe it or not, when you watch enough film, when you watch enough of the, like, if you're watching, like, film of a fighter and you're watching their, like, you know, past fights, you will see some of the funniest-ish you can ever imagine. So funniest thing from the week in mixed martial arts, the first funniest thing was grown-ass men trying to explain that Dana was defending himself when he hit his wife. This has to be the funniest thing of the week. Because I'm not even disagreeing with it. I'm just saying, like, you don't want to put your name on that, right? You don't want to put your name on the, I think that a man was defending himself when he hit a woman statement. It's just not a good hill to die in, right? But let me read this one tweet. Quote, To the citizens of California, Dana White had every right to act in the manner that he did because of self-defense. What happened to the quality? And I thought to myself, what? Quality. I, I don't believe that women were ever uh, advocating for equality from the standpoint that they were like, hey, we want to be able to box with a man, fight with a man, physically. Now, this one right here. You, you'd have to be on the broadcast to see this because this is something special. You know, Jay Ellis is becoming a bit of a folk hero. And his name comes up every now and then because he's a fighter who ends up on like the topology resume of fighters who we, we break down those fights, right? So like we'll go over Nick Fiore. Like you can see on the screen here, Nick Fiore, if you're watching on YouTube with us, 
Um, you, you see the screen here. If you're watching or I'm sorry, you're listening on the, on the podcast tomorrow morning, I'll describe you the best I can of what I'm looking at here. We're looking at a fight here on YouTube of Nick Fior, who recently fought last week on, on Vegas 67, lost his fight by decision. Nice effort against Rubeski. But he fought Jay Ellis, and Jay Ellis is a guy who's fought hundreds of hundreds of matches. Like he's got like 106 losses, like 16 wins. And somehow his name like keeps coming back up. I think he got knocked out like six times last year. I'm not kidding you. And Jay Ellis is a special kind of fighter, meaning that like the guy still keeps fighting. He is determined. He's not deterred by the fact that he's losing pretty much all his fights. I'm going to play this clip for you here. And if you could listen carefully to the announcers basically saying that he's experienced 100 fights and so on and so on. And then we'll break down what happens and I'll rewind because this right here is one of the funniest moments of the sports weekend. Here we go. Uh, so I'm sure he's looking to show off some of these jujitsu skills, but he's going to have to first get through through some of the dangerous striking here i mean jay ellis jay over a hundred professional mma fights what did you just say over a hundred professional mma fights 100 but professional mma fights that's twice as many as cowboy cerrone looks oh, like oh huge slam so we're gonna see some of the all-star jiu-jitsu here we see yeah. kevin holmes in the corner all right so the broadcast has made it clear that Jay Ellis, who's now about to get choked out, has fought more than a hundred mixed martial arts fights. You know, it's always like you could you could do a glass half full, glass half empty on almost everything, right? They left out the fact that he's sixteen in like one hundred and six, meaning he's lost one hundred and six fights. <laughs> All that experience, and watch what my man does here when he gets choked out. Ellis comes out fighting, and it's all. I had to watch it back again. He doesn't tap his opponent. He doesn't even tap the ground. He doesn't even just tell the referee. My man, Jay Ellis, he taps himself. He, 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 he in, a, in a moment of panic, not realizing where he was at, I guess, he doesn't tap his opponent. He takes that 106 losses or 116 losses, and he and he, and he taps himself. Here we go. Uh, it's a it's a done deal. Yep, 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 yep. He tapped himself, and there you go, Jay Ellis. This past week, <laughs> pulling off one of the uh, yeah funniest moments of the sports weekend. Jealous, and we'll bring back Jealous here in a little while because uh, we're we're not done with him, <laughs> not done with him quite yet. All right, so Dylan Dennis, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. Dylan Dennis went to Erdogan's show, did an interview, and talked about his fight against KSI. And mentioned how he was going to be fighting him and so on and so on, whatever else. Ends up bailing out of the fight. Backs out, doesn't fight. It's just a mess. And uh, what you end up having is now the questions are like, is he going to fight again? The guy's backing out of stuff, always in a drama. He's, you know, 
part of that, you know, Conor McGregor stuff, that whole clan. And ultimately, yeah, he uh, he backs up this fight. But on the show, he goes to MMA Hour with, with Ariel Hawani. And Ariel's, like, asking him stuff like, hey, how much money you get for the fight or whatever? And, like, is it six figures, seven figures? And Dylan Daniels tries to tell him that it's seven figures. And Ariel's like, really, seven figures? He's like, well, yeah, when you include, like, you know, the sponsors and, like, the advertisers and, like, you know, like, the food and, like, the travel. Like, it was like, dude, come on. <laughs> he ends up backing out. I'm just like, how badly would you have had to have been hurt? Or, like, how much money would you have had to already have had, which he doesn't have, to just back out of a fight where you're going to pay you almost a million dollars? So, yeah, Dylan Dennis, fail, man. But, yeah, one of the funniest moments of the sports weekend. And the last one is the announcer for the Raquel Pennington fight. We've interviewed Raquel Pennington. She's a sweetheart. Great, great person. But if you heard that fight, Raquel Pennington was fighting against Caitlin Vieira. And at one point during the fight, they were talking about how, you know, Raquel Pennington is going to be having a baby soon and she's engaged to um, Tisha Torres and so on and so on. And in, in describing that relationship, they said Raquel Pennington versus Tisha Torres is having uh, a baby. That they're engaged. And they immediately corrected themselves and says, oh, I didn't mean verse. And I just thought to myself, it's a Freudian slip. It makes sense. They're both fighters in mixed martial arts. They both happen to be female. And usually when you say two female fighters in the same sentence, you're talking about them being verse each other or maybe in some kind of a, a category of fighting. Nonetheless, um, a Freudian slip in that part. I thought it was quite funny. Funny haha, not funny like, you know, anything else. But those are some of the funniest moments of the sports weekend. All right, so we'll look ahead at next week. What is coming up next week? Well, first things first, we have Invicta FC 51, Tenant versus Bernardo coming up on Wednesday, the 18th of January with 8.30 p.m. Eastern Start Time. That's in Denver, Colorado. I love me and some Invicta. Some former fighters for Invicta. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you guys know. Invicta is one of the, I mean, I guess I don't want to say the best. I mean, I just think it's right in that range. You know, I think it's in the range of one of the best promotions for, for female mixed martial arts where you get some of the most talented fighters that could come up and maybe even join the UFC. Invicta alumni include Chris Cyborg, Megan Anderson, Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, Carla Esparza, Angela Hill, Virna, Jejanova, and Emily Ducote. 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 I mean, just good fighters. I mean, they have a lot of people who fought in their promotion. I mean, they've had Laura Sanko. And, you know, I just feel like Invicta FC, they just fly below the radar sometimes. Now, if you're wagering on Invicta, I will warn you about this. I, you know, we we use Sportsbook. I'm sorry, we use uh, Fanduel. I'm sorry, <laughs> Fanduel and DraftKings here. You can't get live lines. So, like, if you're betting pre-fight, fine, but live, not so much. And the lines don't come out until about 24 hours before the actual event. So, just a little bit heads up there. But yeah, Invicta FC 51 coming up this Wednesday for that full card breakdown and our picks to win, along with our bets already. That's all available via our newsletter. Just look down below here on YouTube. If you're listening on our podcast, just search us on YouTube later on. Check us out. Look in the description. You're going to see there. there's a link there for our newsletter. All the pics are there. 
If not, we already have a video as well published where we have all our picks in the video and the breakdowns as well. That's also available on our YouTube channel. So for those on the podcast, just uh, search MMA Fight Club on YouTube. You'll find us. Also this week, we have KSW78 Matera Materia versus Grove Part 2. That'll be in Poland at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Saturday. It could be your appetizer for UFC Vegas. I'm sorry, for UFC 283, not UFC Vegas. Nine mixed martial arts fights, no titles on the line. My only issue with KSW, because I love me some KSW. I specifically love the announcer. There's an announcer who just does the whole, like, deep voice, like, does the whole drama. I love it. He looks more like he belongs in The Sopranos than he does on a announcer role. But nonetheless, that's going to be on Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern, KSW. If Invict, if, if they ever offer, excuse me, lines for KSW on DraftKings or FanDuel, then we might get involved. But until then, not involved. And of course, UFC Vegas, I'm sorry, UFC Vegas, UFC 283 Teixeira versus Hill this Saturday, this 21st of January, 6 p.m. Eastern start time. 15 bouts, two title fights. Andrade versus Lauren Murphy. The main event's going to be a ton of drama. That whole belt situation you had, you know, um, let's just put it this way. Glover Tosher was supposed to fight so-and-so, and then in came Blohovitz, and then on and on and on. Basically, we just had this belt just being in, in limbo, but now Tosher and Hill, Tosher and Hill will be fighting for that belt. Uh, it's Gilbert Burns' first fight since the war he had with Shemaev, so it'd be nice to see him. Since then, and then the co-main event is going to be Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno for the fourth time in the past three years. That'll be an exciting fight. If you're in the chat right now, if you guys are here visiting, drop me a line, give me a question, let me know what you guys are thinking. We have one more guest tonight. Sadikris Dumas, <laughs> recent winner of Contender Series, will be joining us soon. But if you're here, please feel free to join us in the chat. Leave a question; I'll respond accordingly. We had one Lumpini number one, Nongo versus Ramzanov. My gosh, I feel like I'm not trying to pronounce things incorrectly, but that comes up this week as well. That's Friday the 20th of January. That's one Lumpini number one, Nongo versus Ramzanov at 5.30 a.m. on Friday the 20th. I would follow more one promotion stuff and even do more breakdowns for them if it was more readily available again on DraftKings and FanDuel, but it's not been, which makes it a little bit tough to get invested with. You know what I'm saying? It's 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.11 a.m., specifically here Eastern Time at midnight in May with yours truly, Manny Galarza. We are carving out the midnight hour, going over the week that was in mixed martial arts, looking at the week ahead. We just did a whole breakdown of UFC 67, how it worked out. We have one more guest joining us here tonight. If you're joining us live here on YouTube, please feel free to jump into the chat. Any questions or comments, please, we're open and available. So our Tapology nomination for the week is going to have to be Mr. J. Ellis. You know, J. Ellis, <laughs> a guy who's a multiple-time nominee on this show, if you look at his Tapology, it's almost like you can't even believe it. I'm never making fun of him. I'm never questioning anything about him. It's just remarkable that a person can lose a hundred and some odd 
mixed martial arts fights and you know be fighting four or five times a year and, and losing four or five times a year just you know incredulous he goes through it just battles but he's in the topic today because he fought nick fiore who just fought in the ufc it's, and you look at his resume he fought jayless twice and so our tapology hero nomination of the week is obviously mr Jay Ellis, the one and only. So, okay. All right, let me wrap some things up here in gift wrap that we had earlier on the show. Roxanne Montefiore. So if you're listening right now live with us, go back, rewind, or maybe catch it tomorrow. It'll be available on YouTube and also on our podcast channel. You'll hear the interview with Roxanne Montefiore. She talked about what she's doing recently. Her friend. Uh, Serena De Jesus will be fighting on Wednesday at Invicta FC 51. And I'll tell you, during our breakdown, we ended up sort of siding with Olga Olga Rubin, who she's fighting against. But man, it's hard to choose against uh, Serena because she's a good fighter and she's tough, high volume. And uh, Roxanne gave a wonderful supporting message there uh, in support of her girl. So that'd be on Wednesday evening. So I'm going to take a quick break here for about five minutes. I'm just going to put on a quick video for you guys. I want to give a shout-out, though, before I do that, to um, a few more good guys out there. So Capra Comparison Picks. That's at Ranj. That's at R-A-N-J Capper. C-A-P-P-E-R. Great guy. He does a combination of all different, like, picks that are made out there by different cappers. There's like a whole like basically you know breakdown of those different picks, whatever. Great capper. That's capper comparison picks. Eric Betts fights. That's at Eric E R I K Betts B E T S fights F I G H T S eight three seven eight. Check out Eric Betts fights on YouTube. Great channel. And then of course the one and only Never Hedge Media. That's at Never Hedge. That's at N E V E R. H-E-D-G-E space or like a hyphenated space, like a minus sign, C-R-Y-P-T-O-N-F-T-S-S-P-O-R-T-227, Krypton, F-T-S-S-P-O-R-T, one or not a one, but just 227. That's Never Hedge Media. If you're listening here in the podcast, I'll put those links in the description for the podcast as well. But on YouTube, those links are down below as well in description. So that's Blood Money at Blood Money MMA Bets 4851, Johnny K Picks at Johnny K Picks, Capra Comparison Picks, Eric Betts Fights, and Never Hedge Media. I want to thank those guys so much. I'm going to put on a short video here for you guys. I came across his channel. The guy's name is Patrick Gavia. I don't know him. The content is fire. I'm going to run this clip here for you guys for a few minutes while I get myself a quick break. You guys should do the same. You're uh, live right now with us at midnight or 1.15 in the morning at um, Midnight MMA, our first ever episode. For those who came through tonight, we appreciate you guys. For the live uh, guests we've had, appreciate them as well. Ray Cooper was here a little bit earlier. If you didn't see that part of the interview, go back and you know rewind, check it out. But I'm going to run this video for you guys real quickly. And... Um, you know, check it out. Let me know what you think. And I think you guys will like this content. Patrick Gavia, amazing YouTube content, great creator, um, good stuff. Check it out. Let me know what you guys. 
Matter of fact, let me let me know what you guys think about this this uh, video here. If you guys are live, whoever's with us right here in the chat, let me know what you guys think about this video. More fights, more fights. In 2011, one of Dave's biggest goal comes to a huge deal, Fox. It's a really, really big day. This is what I always wanted. What we have is a lot of content. We need to get our content out there, and they spread our content across all their platforms. Fox is the number one network in the, in the country. And all those people out there that thought I was a lunatic 10 years ago <laughs> when I said that this was going to be the biggest sport in the Some world. Some still do. Some yeah, still do. I know. Call it a coincidence, but a few months after the Fox deal, ESPN comes after the UFC. You ever hear John Skipper? No. John Skipper ran ESPN. Hates UFC. Hates it. Hates it. Let's talk about Fox Sports. Uh -huh. Okay, so these guys just launched. We, we like competition. It's fun. They release an outside the lines piece, which targets UFC's practices, but more specifically, fighter pay. ESPN doesn't care about the sport. ESPN hates this sport. They won't even cover it. They're dirty. They're dirty. They, 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 they lie and, and, and they never really give you all the facts. The piece is followed by an antitrust lawsuit against the UFC. The multi-billion dollar antitrust lawsuit it's currently facing from former UFC fighters. We filed this case in December of 2014 on behalf of a group of mixed martial arts fighters who fought for the UFC. The government came after us and called us a monopoly. I do believe they have a monopoly. I don't know how anyone could think they don't. The lawsuit claims the UFC, quote, engaged in an illegal scheme to eliminate competition. I mean, anyone that starts to even be up and coming at all, they buy them out or they drive them out. That allows it to fighters a fraction of what they would earn in a competitive marketplace. We're spend about seven eight dollars a year to defend ourselves from the government as monopoly it works the government dropped the case the ufc keeps on expanding there was a time when marshall zelaznik was one of the most powerful people in the ufc what is your job to find uh, opportunities in the international market outside of the u.s and canada fighters are key when it comes to expansion in international markets they open up the door to the countries george st pierre opens up canada Michael Bisping opens up the UK. We've added about 20 states in the last three years. Uh, we're everywhere but New York and getting close. And they've cleaned up their act mostly. And fight in Australia, throughout Europe. And Scandinavia, um, Italy. We're doing Poland this year. To do the first event in the Middle East is very, very thrilling. Two years ago, we did one fight in Brazil. Last year, we did three. We'll do seven this year and nine next year. We're very bullish on what India can be. Put on an event over in Macau. It was the most successful event in the history of Macau. We break the arena records with ticket sales. It's usually us and the Rolling Stones. Abu Dhabi now is a partner. These guys are 10% partners too. Ireland. Those fans feel like you're neglecting them. What's going on there? <laughs> What's Welcome up, to the UFC, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Conor McGregor opens up Europe. It's followed by Ronda Rousey, who starts a female division. Weili Zhang, our Chinese world champion. When she became a champion, she ignited China and finally, after eight years of negotiations, Mark Ratner gets MMA legalized in the state of New York. When I when I heard the final uh, vote tally, that was the emotional moment for me. Congratulations on passing the bill. Uh, it was a long time coming. I think this really completes the journey for MMA. An eight-year gestation period? Is that what that was? That was exactly right. And uh, so this is the baby, and now we'll we'll have the big. Uh, the big, the big coming out party, November 12th. The big moment for me was uh, at the garden when Connor was fighting Eddie and the crowd, the energy.
Peter's ready to get out. And they sat me down and said, we're going to sell this thing. And I didn't believe it was going to happen at all. You know, these are my best friends. We'd done it together. And I got a little, went up into a hotel room and didn't come out for a few days. Wow. Didn't sleep. Didn't. So, yeah, check out that YouTube channel. That's Patrick Gavia. Amazing content. And I was blown away at the videos. He's got like about whatever, 10 videos about just mixed martial arts stuff. And it's just high quality, uh, great production. I was impressed. That video was about Dana White. It's not like a bad video. It's just about Dana White. I, some things I didn't even know. Like I didn't know about his background and where he was from. So, yeah. All right. Invicta FC 51 comes up this Wednesday evening. For the people that like women's mixed martial arts, we got you covered here. We love Invicta. Invicta FC is usually offered on DraftKings. The main event is going to be Tanisha Tennant versus Talita Bernardo for a championship bout in the Bantamweight division, with Tanisha Tennant being the current champion and Talita Bernardo challenging for the belt. Now, Talita was a former UFC fighter, has UFC experience. I believe she wins the fight. We had a whole breakdown on that. It's available in our newsletter, whatever else. But we like, to, we like Talita Bernardo to win the fight. Uh, moving down, co-main event, Christina Williams versus Caitlin Souza. We'd like Souza to win that fight. That's also for a belt. That's going to be for the vacant flyweight championship belt. I think Souza gets the win there. Olga Rubin versus Serena De Jesus. We talked about Serena earlier. Serena is the friend of Roxanne Montefiore, who was talking about her earlier in the show. And, you know, Serena is a tough fighter to bet against. The high volume, the high pace and pressure, you know, she just brings that X factor. But Olga Rubin's got some experience. She fought in, I believe, Bellator and... You know, she's got some skills. She just barely lost what by split decision her last fight against, I think, Tanisha Tennant, right? So she's just that close to basically having the belt herself. I think Olga Rubin, though, pick, pulls it off. I think she gets the win here, even though she's the underdog on the uh, money line. Uh, Claire Guthrie versus Autumn Norton. I like no, Autumn, Norton, Autumn Norton to win the fight. If you recognize Claire Guthrie, she was on The Ultimate Fighter. She lost to, oh, what's her name? The girl who won the entire thing. She lost her, put it that way. And so she's now trying to rebound and get back on track. But I believe Autumn Norton wins the fight. Alessandra Ferreira versus uh, Messer Balencia. I tell you what, this fight had the least amount of confidence in either way. I did pick Valencia, but now the money line came out and she's an underdog, and now I'm feeling a little bit queasy about it. But I'm going to stick with it because, you know, you got to stick with your pick, and I'm going to stick with Valencia. But Alessandra Ferrer is the minus 200 favorite, and I just didn't see much on her and see you no know, film on her. So I couldn't really tell you. But uh, nonetheless, that's the uh, pick here, Valencia. Moving on down to Katie Sal versus Rihanna Amanda. We like Rihanna Amanda to win the fight. She's got good submission ability. I think she wins the fight by submission. Fatima Klein versus Gala, Laura Gallardo. We like Fatima Klein to win the fight. Uh, we did a whole breakdown of this whole car. So, again, if you want the whole full breakdown in detail, notes in the whole deal, uh, sign up for our newsletter. It's down below. The link here on YouTube. It's free. There's no, no paywalls or any kind, whatever else. So, it's free. Also, our video breakdown of these fights is also available on our YouTube channel. So, look that up as well. Uh, moving down to the first fight in the car, which is not even listed as the first fight. It's more like more an exhibition bout. Tanya Najjar from Canada versus Sayori Cannon. Talk about X factors and variants. We haven't seen Sayori Cannon fight in years. There's no film on her. It's just a complete up in the air guess. We are on Tanya Najjar to win the fight, but you know it's a situation where I don't know if you want to actually invest in that. Now, if you are signed up again to our newsletter, which is absolutely free. We posted up our bets, our official plays for Invicta. I'll read them to you. So our individual plays are going to be a half unit on Toledo Bernardo at minus 120 to win 0.42 units. We like Ketlin Souza to win at 0.25 units to win 0.22 at minus 110. 
Fatima Klein at minus 180 would invest a half unit to win at, at to win 0.27 units. Those are our individual plays. We have 1.25 units individual plays to win 0.91 total units. Our parlays will be parlay number one, Norton at minus 210 plus Amanda at minus 160 to equal plus 140 odds at 0.25 units to win 0.37 units. Then we have Ruben at plus 160 plus Najar at minus 250 to equal plus 264 odds. That'll be a quarter unit to win 0.66 units, excuse me. Number three, Parlay. Sos at minus 110. Bernardo at minus 120. Norton at minus 210. Klein at minus 180. Najar at minus 250 to equal plus 1,025 odds. A 0 0.10 unit or $10 to win 1.03 units or $103. Not a bad deal. I'll take it every time, every day, except for Sundays. Well, actually twice on Sundays. The last parlay, Bernardo at minus 120, Sosa at minus 110, Ruben at plus 160, Norton at, mi at minus 210, Klein at minus 160 to equal plus 2,051 odds, a 0 0.05 units or $5 to win 1.05 or 04, excuse me, or $104. Not bad. So for that right there, we have a subtotal of 0.65 units to win 3.1. The grand total of exposure, we're going to bet 1.90 units or just shy of $200 to win $400. That's the breakdown for Invicta FC 51. Remember to bet responsibly. Betting responsibly means take care of your bankroll. Don't overexpose yourself. Do not bet on sports you don't research. And don't tell anyone blindly. So no matter what we provide you with betting information, whoever else provides you better information, just you don't tell blindly, right? Do your own research. That's Invicta FC 51. We're approaching the bottom of the hour here. About to be 1.30 in the morning here, Eastern Time. If you're joining us here live, please jump in the chat. Leave a question. We had Roxanne out of Fair in the show earlier. She came in and talked a little bit of MA with us. She has her friend fighting this week. We also were joined by Ray Cooper III, two-time PFL, million-dollar winner, most humble guy you'll ever meet. But if you're joining us here in the chat, please interact with us. Give us some questions. Let me know what's going on. I want to thank again our broadcast partners, Blood Money MA, Johnny K Picks, Capra Comparison Picks, Eric Betts Fights, and Never Hedge Media. All those links or those links for those respective different cappers slash content creators are down below in the description. These guys are awesome people. Good follows. Great content. Um, if you want to win some money betting on mixed martial arts, you should... Uh, Heed my my advice and follow these guys. More importantly, they're good guys. UFC Vegas uh, 67. We recapped that earlier, but just to put a little bow on that, man, Strickland winning in the main event, right? Strickland again, main event. Gosh, back to back main events comes in there and 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 gets it done, right? Get her done, as you say, right? Wow. Respect, man. Respect. For Imovov, he just drops the ball there. Do you know who did hurt the ball? You know who did not hurt the ball? Nurmagomedov. Man. Knocking out Barcelos, who had never been knocked out before. How impressive was that? Finish? So, yeah. Big moment for him. Aha, son gets back on track. Rebeth can get the Jun. Nacimiento, Argueta, Johnson, 
Basharan. Kopilov with an amazing performance over a fighter that he was underdog against. Soriano was the power punching Hawaiian, and Kopilov power punched his ass and got the win. Dan Ige, dominant performance, knocking out Damon Jackson. Looking back to be the best value in the entire card was just betting Ige, you know, like seriously betting Ige. Uh, the main event, Strickland versus Imovov. I think Imovov just dropped the ball there. You know, just to get it done. So. But you move ahead, right? So I, I, a buddy of mine, right, he caps fights, and he ended up, whatever, the weekend didn't work out for him, right? Ended up being um, a negative weekend. And I told him, I said, you know, we some we, we often learn more from our losses than our wins. Isn't that true in life? We 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 gain more from what we lose than what we we win because we just sort of you know we we focus, we take it more seriously, identify our shortcomings, we evaluate. And when you win, you sort of like it's in life when you win or something goes well for you, it's sort of like it's um. It validates what you've done. So you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Good. You lose, you're like, oh, shoot. I need to evaluate what I'm doing. I need to recalculate. I need to be better. I need to reanalyze. And so I told my capper buddy, I said, dude, just let me taste it. He's sharp as, as F. You're going to be just fine. You're going you're gonna to recalibrate and you're going to just be right back on top. I have no doubt about it. I'm sure he So. It was good having Ray Cooper on the show tonight. Um, Roxanne Monteferi came through earlier. She's always a pleasure to have on. Um, a real, in Jewish terms, they say mensch, right? A mensch is somebody who's like, you know, quality. That, that's how I would describe uh, Roxanne Monteferi, quality H2O. She's a good person. I'm going to wait here a little longer for Sadiqris. Dumas to join the show. He's supposed to be here with us, but he could have been caught up. Um, we did have a change of, of plans from our original show. We were supposed to have on um, Brittany Cloudy and Justin Berlinson tonight, but unfortunately, last minute change of plans, things happen. We have to be flexible and adjust for that, but they said they'll be on the show next week, and if they are, great. If not, we'll get them in the future. Um, things do come up, and we appreciate the time these athletes whenever they can come on. So, but let me uh, go ahead here and double check with our next guest to make sure he's going to be still jumping in here. Because if not, I do want to wrap things up. Um, if you're hearing this show in the morning on the way to work, have a wonderful day. Um, this week at Mixed Martial Arts is going to be exciting. We have Invicta FC, we've got KSW, we've got UFC 283. Even some boxing going on. Um, so for the world of mixed martial arts, you are going to be satisfied this week. You'll be back on top. And for 283, I mean in Brazil, my goodness, we've got a ton of good Brazilians on the card. Uh, you know, Johnny Walker and Glover Teixeira and you know Davidson Figueredo, and then you've got the American fighters. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a banger. It's gonna be a banger. And if you like KSW, you've got that as a appetizer on Saturday before. Um, UFC 283. And on Wednesday night, please, if you don't know, tune in, man. Invicta FC is amazing. They do the live scoring, which I think is 
it's progressive. You know, of course, the women would be progressive, right? Women are more progressive than men. <laughs> and so uh, Invicta FC uses a live scoring system. I do want to preface this, though. On Wednesday, when they fight in Colorado, they may not have live scoring because the live scoring is state by state. And so if they're in Colorado, that may not be a state where they recognize it's actually live scoring. So from that perspective, they may be live scoring. But usually they have a live scoring system, which means that between rounds, you know, you actually get uh, the, the score. You know what it is. So Today's episode is brought to you by FightTube. Are you tired of scouring the web for fighter film? You don't want to pay the extra subscription fees to watch old fights? Well, FightTube is on the job. FightTube is creating a comprehensive and easy-to-use film library that can be accessed from a traditional computer or mobile device. FightTube's beta version is set to launch this spring. FightTube.org, the MA video library. I want to thank FightTube for sponsoring today's episode. We'll have more information about FightTube in upcoming episodes because, again, they'll be launching this spring. It's a very easy-to-use. I've seen the beta version myself comprehensive full library so you're researching fights looking for film you just go there type in the fighter's name wham all the fights are right there all the links are right there you do not require a subscription to any different stuff like fight pass or espn plus none of that stuff all right there free links watch the fights bang 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 look for it this spring all right, so one more guest is supposed to be joining us. Let me double check with Mr. Sadiqus Dumas, see if he's joining us. If he's not joining us, that's fine. I will continue the rest of that video for you guys if you don't mind me doing so. For the two or three people that are here with us live, thank you for joining us. This is Midnight MMA, our episode number one. For those in the morning joining us, or those overnight looking to join us, we'll be available via podcast. And also, obviously, the replay of this episode will be available here on YouTube. So let me pull this up here. I told you guys earlier, this guy, Patrick Gavia, right? Patrick Gavia. And the content is phenomenal. I'm going to continue that video of Dana White for you guys here. And then what I'll do is take about a oh, six-minute break or so. I'm going to then rejoin you guys here for the end. And um, we'll say our final goodbyes for the first episode of Midnight May. Thank you for joining us, guys. I appreciate you. I'm done. Be happy for me. And then I got it. Transaction was the largest in sports history. This is the man who buys a UFC, Ari Emanuel. The king of Hollywood. Doing deals like this is what he does. Here's the catch. To be able to buy the UFC, Ari Emanuel borrows $1.8 billion. When his company merges with UFC Holdings, UFC takes on $2.3 billion of debt. The interest amount to $98 million per year. Our Fox deal is up, and we're probably not going to end up doing another deal with Fox. John Skipper's never, ever going to take the UFC. 
So we're, we're, we're in a real tough place. Here's a shocker. New details revealed about the resignation of the former president of ESPN. John Skipper's cocaine dealer is going to rat him out. What? What? He says he resigned because his drug dealer tried to extort him. So he has to step down from ESPN right at the time that we're trying to make a TV deal. So UFC is going to be on ESPN now. Yeah. No more Fox. No more Fox. That's done. The UFC on ESPN. We just did a deal with ESPN for $1.5 billion. Now the company's worth $7 billion. The deal requires the UFC to put on 42 events per year in exchange for $750 million. But then 2020 happens. It was the toughest thing I've ever had to navigate in the history of this company. And if you look at where we came from, that's actually saying something. Endeavor's revenue plunges by 80%. Companies start laying off big percentage of the workforce that you did not lay people off. No. We're four months into the year, and the UFC has only put on eight fights out of 42. Dana calls me up. Island. I said, what? He said, get me an island. Fight Island. Now, is that a clever name? No. Is it the perfect name? Yes. I have a really good relationship with the royal family in Abu there's still a medical danger here. Dana's way off here, way wrong. I wouldn't even tell the media where we were having events because these scumbags would start calling and try and get it shut down. That allowed you to keep your sport on the air when everything else was shut down. Right. We we're supposed to do 43. That year we did we did 42. We gained a lot of fans because there was nothing to gamble on. So sports better started betting on UFC. When other people weren't playing, our fan base grew 46%. We're now one of the top four sports in the United States. It's changed. We've been doing the impossible since 2001. Nothing is impossible. If you're in business with me, don't tell me no. Nobody in this building ever says no. If you had one thing that you learned throughout your journey in building the UFC that you could pass along to the next generations, what would that be? I, I, there's a lot of... Uh, I tell young people now all the time, I definitely tell my kids, if you are even remotely a savage, you'll run these people over. So how all out there for the taking right now. I just keep saying that there's no reason to be that mean and cruel to people all the time. I actually like chaos. Yeah, yeah, you must. If I don't have it, I'll create it in my own personal life. Yeah. <laughs> don't believe I've ever brought him up to behave. Savage. Yeah, I know. And I was Bob. My mic was my mic was muted. <laughs> my apologies. I was talking into the wind. Uh, so that that video there I was playing was uh, Dana White, like a breakdown of like just who he is and like some background information on him. Not not in a bad light. Obviously, his mom is caught there saying some things about him, but it's uh, just sort of like a, just a background on him by Patrick Gavia. His YouTube YouTube channel has got some great content. Nice in-depth videos. I came across it recently. I just want to give him a shout out. Good stuff. Um, it's a it's a must listen to if you guys want to hear some like you know documentary type worthy, like Netflix documentary type worthy videos. <coughs> Excuse me. 
<coughs> about mixed martial arts. All right, so I'm going to make one more attempt here to reach out to our final guest tonight. And if I don't hear from him, I'm going to have to wrap things up because it's about that time. You know, we're approaching the 1.39 a.m. hour, right? And, uh, okay, yeah, I did not hear back from our potential guest here. But I want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this was the first ever episode of Midnight MMA. This will be a weekly episode or a weekly show, excuse me. We'll be talking about uh, the week that was in mixed martial arts, you know, meaning like whatever happened. So like next week's episode, we'll be talking about UFC 283. We'll be talking about Invicta FC 51, KSW, you know, what all happened, the results, um, our betting results. So right now, everything we're offering from a betting standpoint, all of our betting tips, whatever it's offering, right? So at some point, as we roll into like later part of the year, We'll be putting some stuff behind the paywall, the stuff that's going to really matter and help you win some bets, right? So, you know, for now, um, enjoy it. It's free. It's all available. It's on our newsletter. It's available on Twitter. It's uh, it's available in our videos and our breakdowns. Um, you'll see all of our picks there for everything you can imagine from Invicta to UFC to Bellator, um, some Cage Warriors, uh <laughs> Some one prime, but uh, not much one prime because one prime is a little bit up and down for for us in terms of availability. But um, nonetheless, next week will be on Sunday night, midnight Sunday night at 12 a.m. midnight for us is East Coast time, which means about 9 p.m. Pacific time, which is like, I don't know, 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time or whatever time you are around the world. But uh for those in the morning who are on the way to work, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your your company. We appreciate you guys being here with us. And um, if you're on the way to work on Monday morning, make it a phenomenal Monday morning. Like, make it a good Monday morning. Like, don't let the crabby people pull you down. Don't let the uh, negative vibes pull you down. Make that Monday morning amazing. Hype. What's up, Hype? How are you, dude? I appreciate you. Yeah, so Monday morning just... Make it positive vibes. Don't let it be negative. It's a full week ahead of you, right? So if you're uh, a single person, you're out there hunting, you know, that's cool. If you're married and you got kids, whatever, responsibilities, but it's a full week ahead of you. Make it a good week. If you've wagered this weekend, you won, sweet. You know, everything's floating on top. It's all good. If you wagered this weekend, you lost. Let's hope it wasn't too much because, quite honestly, it was a weekend where as long as you pick the favorites, you're pretty much okay. Even off. Oh, dropped the ball. But uh, anyway, appreciate you guys joining us tonight for our first episode. We're going to go ahead and close things out right now. But uh, for those in the morning on the way to work again, have a great week. Wonderful night. Thanks for joining us again. We'll see you guys soon. Deuces.